Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello there, kitty girls. Welcome to another episode of Broadway Breakdown. I am one of your hosts, Matt Koplick. And I am one of your other hosts, John Wiscavage. Sometimes I like to, like, add, like, weird things or say weird things. And today I panicked. Like, as soon as, soon as it came up, I was, I, was, I was like, oh, you, you know, I was thinking, oh, you'll think. I have also said like already four times. It's starting off great, you guys! Oh, my God! <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I panicked. I panicked. I, I, I figured that my brain could have thought of something. This is why I should take an improv class. I've never taken yeah. one. But... Yes, I mean, I and think this, you know, I say this podcast is a good improv exercise for you. You yes and a lot to me, and I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone also in life has to yes and to me with everything because who knows what you're going to get with me. So, it's true. um, it, it's 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 my way of giving back to the theater it's, community. Okay. Within John lies three tall women, and you never know which woman you're going to get because one could be a mean girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. One could be a frozen ice princess. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And mm-hmm. one could be an angel in this America, or I could be and a Harry Potter, or you could just be a waitress. <gasps> oh, I was once. Yeah, we all were once. She, but used, she to used to be mine. Oh, <laughs> simultaneous joke power activate. Oh Form my god, UCB. Sarah Bareilles okay, joke. We just learned. <laughs> That that was that was ten years worth of improv classes in three seconds. Everybody, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's truly an education. It's truly a gift. Um, mm-hmm. How are you doing, Mathieu? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm exhausted as all get out. I uh, a lot of life things happening that are kind of uh, sweeping me up. Like I'm moving. I'll be moving everyone to uh, the heights. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'll be next door neighbors with Lin Manuel Miranda in the sense oh my gosh. that. I mean, like in the sense that no, we're both I know. in the same I, I, borough. I was yes ending. Yeah. Oh yes, you were yes ending. Improv um, yes, lesson that's over, exciting. everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, we're done. We we learned and then we lost it. Um, yep. But yeah, that's exciting, but also frustrating and nerve wracking. I have to buy a bed, which is oh. I hate. Um, yeah, are, I like are I have you to build go, a bedroom. For... Are you going to go Tempur Pedic route? Are you going to go? I don't know. Um, I have the frame that I want. And now mm. it's just a matter of the mattress. And mm. so I'm going to the store of which I intend to purchase my bed frame 
and they have a they have a selection of mattresses and i will try them out after this and see which one i would like um did you know that you can go to the i mean they're not our sponsor but casper if you're listening i would love to have the same sponsors as what's the tea rupaul's podcast but Mm. did you know that you can go to the casper mattress store in new york city make an appointment and take a nap on a bed there for half hour to an hour to see how you feel because i did not know this tell me more how does one reach the casper store you carrier pigeon oddly enough yeah um mm. no you 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 reach out to them you make an appointment online and yeah it's kind of, it's kind of great um and so yeah. that's that's what i did uh years ago and i had bought a casper mattress and in a long very drawn out story i no longer have a, a casper mattress um but the, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> no, we don't. I was. I'm already bored by that story. So I was as you, well. John. I'm so sorry. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow taller. You're the top. I will go very fast because I want to get to the big topic today. But um, yes. I saw Mean Girls uh, about a week ago, followed mm-hmm. by Three Tall Women, followed by Summer, the Donna Summer musical. Summer uh, Donna. Samadana, you samadana. Um, yeah. What I will say about Mean Girls is that I have heard I had heard various accounts of it, yes. and to an extent, they are all true. Um, yes. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. The cast is quite exceptional. Mm. Um, it is funny. It is not, however, truly the movie. It does not hold the same spirit as the movie, which was a letdown for me. Yeah. Um, the movie is magic. I mean, it it is magic. It really is iconic in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. uh, the musical softens it a great deal, at least in terms of its satire. Um, and oh. the movie isn't even all that vicious, but Mm-mm. it is more so than the musical. The musical is a lot more like, be yourself, be yourself, be yourself, oh, be yourself. Yeah. Um the way that Here's I the moral it, I... millennials. Have on the sun. Enjoy this hashtag. You know. Exactly. The one thing they do do really well is they do incorporate modern social media. Do do. One thing they do do. Grow up, Lemon. Uh, they they Nerds. do incorporate social media very well uh, into the oh. story. They've upda- they've updated it pretty well for like this generation, which is I thought very admirable. They changed a lot of elements of the plot, which I'm normally not offended by, hmm. but a couple of things I thought were uh, not to the right extent for example they change they change the origin a bit of the janice and regina relationship so it's okay you still find out that they were best friends and regina humiliated her with a whole lesbian uh plot line but one of the things that they changed was how you found out about it and it it's gonna sound once again like i'm digging way too deep in something for a show called mean girls but i don't know i feel like these things make sense in the musical Regina lies to Katie about what went down with her and Janice. She's like, oh, yeah, we were best friends. And then she freaked out because I couldn't invite her to my pool party because I only had a certain number of girls. Right. And then Katie, girls like, in their bathing suit. And she was a lesbian. She couldn't be she around was a girls. lesbian. Yeah. yeah. But like that's, yeah. that's what she tells Katie. And then yeah. like 10 minutes later, Damien's like, that's a lie. Here's what really happened. And it, like, I guess Regina cornered Janice in the parking lot of their middle school because students are. Did you have a parking lot of your middle school that you hung out in, John? I don't know these things. 
Um, I only, well, I was homeschooled for most of the middle school experience, which I'm sure no one could ever guess that I was homeschooled, even though I've already mentioned it. But, um, I was homeschooled for most of middle school, so I only spent one year in a public middle school, and Mm -hmm. I can safely say I did not hang out in parking lots. Okay. Um, That was something that definitely bugs me. They were like, it was eighth grade and we were all in the parking lot. I was like, is that something kids did when they're like 13? I don't. I mean I, ge- I mean, I guess we all congregated in front of the school beforehand, so maybe if the parking yeah. lot theoretically is near the entrance. Okay. I'll, I buy I'll that. Buy I, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy that. it. But yeah, she like corners Janice in eighth grade and is like, are you a lesbian? It's, it's, it's this whole thing. What I don't like about it is that by having Regina lie to Katie about it at the beginning implies that Regina knows that it's... Oh, that what that what she did was mean and vicious. Whereas in the movie, she flat out tells Katie what happened with this sort of nonchalant air of like this crazy story about this girl who was obsessed with me. And right. you watch Lindsay Lohan's face. I maintain it's some great acting on her part. It's really great reacting uh, on her part. Yeah, you just sort of like see the horror in her eyes, but she also has to cover it and act like she's on Regina's side at the same time because she completely. You know, yeah, and it's a great scene. And you just like hear this awful story told so nonchalantly by regina because she doesn't think it's a big deal well right the best kind of villains are people who don't think that they're villains you know yeah that's and that's and that's a theme of the musical and in the movie janice is like you plastic thinks that we all are obsessed with you but we all hate you right Um, and you don't truly get that vibe in the musical you really get the Mm. idea that regina rules with fear and she's a lot more outwardly vicious to people in the musical which i understand it's a musical everything kind of has to be heightened but there's something to be said about rachel mcadams performance in the film where it's all very sort of subtle and she'll smile at you but with these shark eyes so you know it's not truly like kind yeah um yeah um so all that aside i still had a good enjoyable time the music has been the thing that i've heard a lot of uh divisive reactions about same i would say for the most part i my issue with the music in it is more that it's super bipolar it mm. is like one second old school broadway then the next second they're trying to be teeny boppery and then the next second there's a samba and then they go back to teeny boppery then to broadway then to a rap and i'm like it's it's just very disjointed it doesn't feel like a cohesive unit sure yeah um and especially for a musical that is written by one person whereas even a musical such as spongebob mm-hmm. is written by you know about a thousand people mm-hmm. um you know that's that, that's yeah. not a great thing to yeah to yeah c- but it, could, could yeah be, could be better it could be and like and spongebob with the exception of maybe one or two songs it's surprisingly cohesive for all those people right that's, on it. that's yeah. what i've heard which is very interesting you know yeah it works very well um as I said, like it's a fun time. If you've never seen the movie, I'm sure you will love it. If you have seen the movie and you enjoy the movie as much as I do, and I'm sure as much as John does, you will get a sense of what's missing. I'll say no, I'll say no, get off with your notes and your rules and your games. And those sycophants who follow you all remember all their names. And when they drag you down like they inevitably do, I will not laugh along with them and approve their past good, cause that's not me. Moving on to something a little uh, less deep. I saw the Edward Albee Pulitzer Prize winning drama Three Tall Women. <laughs> it's like a lighthearted affair. Um, yeah, honestly. Although, I, to be honest, I know nothing of this show. I truly, oh, truly have shit the bed um, bitch. when it comes to I, this show. 
I knew very little about it myself. I knew like the basic plot of it, yeah. if you could call it that. It is truly like a concept play. There's no real like beginning, middle, and end in terms of action. Uh, mm. It is a it is a concept play about aging and women of different decades and what it means to be a woman and the double edged sort of being a strong woman in particular in a male dominated society. Mm. And I will say it is surprisingly funny. So I will say leave with that. Well, um, I mean, th- I mean, I have I know people who saw um, simultaneously when A Doll's House Part Two was debuting on Broadway. South mm-hmm. Coast Rep was I think I've mentioned this before, but South Coast Rep was doing it at the same time out in California because they commissioned the show to 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 be cre- to be written uh, by Lucas mm-hmm. and. Um, that production was a serious drama with nary a laugh. Meanwhile, in the Broadway production, I was laughing so hard. Yes, mm-hmm. it ripped my heart out as well. But um, I think I think maybe Laurie Metcalf just has the most... She just calls upon the power of humor that comes from the deep, deepest of darkest of places in humanity. And we're all here for it. I'm here for it. Absolutely. She, I mean, she is... Everyone in Three Tall Women is absolutely incredible. Mm. Glenda Jackson, Laurie Metcalf, Alison Pill are all great. What they do, and what I really think is uh, the the smartest thing to do in a play like this, that does deal with some, you know, very large themes, is mm-hmm. they do use humor as a way to bring in the audience, which is what I thought was so brilliant about Doll's House Part Two, and why it's actually so interesting for me to hear mm. you talk about how the South Coast Rep production was a lot more dramatic. Yeah, because um, I thought that the Broadway production was so good at drawing the audience in, sort of letting their guard down with all the laughter, and then sort of like mm-hmm. socking them over the head in the last ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this does I mean, that too. Yeah, I, it's it's so. I mean, power of art, you guys. Power of theater. Things just and don't more, need to be done one way. And more importantly, it was an hour and forty minutes, which I'm obsessed with. Mm. I love me. A, I love me a good, a good in hundred minute show. Yeah, good in out. Let's get cracking. Mm-hmm. In you know? and out. And then to top it all off, yesterday I saw Summer the Donna Summer musical. Summer the Donna Summer. Son of the Donna Summer. And I yeah, will Donna say... Yeah, Donna the Donna Donna. Yeah. I, all I will say is that um, the two women behind me were living their best life. Every Great. time a song came on that they knew, they stood Great. up and started clapping along. Brilliant. There we mm-hmm. go. Yeah. And uh, Ariana DeBose plays Donna sort of at the height of her disco powers and she is stunning from in every way shape and form she sings oh I love that yeah she's she I thought overall gave a really lovely performance not just like vocally and dancing wise but was able to turn out a fully rounded character with I thought material that kind of lacked in that respect Mm. that's great also yeah I was the one thing that they that the that the Donna Summer musical failed at that I was surprised by was I did not think that they costumed and lit the uh, all three Donnas in a flattering enough way, mm. which I felt like because Donna Summer was known to be extremely glamorous and right. she was she, they called her like the Black Marilyn Monroe and so for this show you would expect like anytime Ariana DeBose came on stage to dance or sing something that she would just be like traffic stoppingly stunning and right. and like there were moments where she was but I watching it I was reminded actually of Mean Girls because if there's one thing that everyone in the production team of Mean Girls did successfully was that they managed to make Regina an ultimate 
diva worship figure. Right. The way she's the way Taylor Lauderman is costumed, she, the way she's lit, the way the her voice works in the score, the way the staging is all envelop, uh, enveloped around her, mm. it it is the ultimate kind of diva worship, the kind that I haven't seen in a while. And the Donna Summer musical could take a note from that in terms of how to truly make your divas like the shining beacon of of your piece. Well, honey, the shining beacon of my piece. Oh, honey. Oh, God. So I was trying to be eloquent, out, and you were being eloquent. Honey, oh, honey, the shining beacon? More like the shining beak off, because, honey, oh, I'm about God. to... I, I don't know what I'm well, doing anymore. This is do, not... There's nothing successful. I'm also 100% anything. here for your for your puns, John. Just because I, <laughs> just because I groan doesn't mean I'm not here for it. I'm just mad I didn't think of it. No, it was dumb. It was just dumb. I'm dumb. Um, okay, well, that's what? great. I, I'm, I'm really in- glad to hear that about um, Ariana, just because I, I, I was oddly surprised, and maybe not the most positive way, by her performance in A Bronx Tale. Um, so, so, would you mind telling me more about her in that? Because I, when I saw it, she had left, and my thoughts on the show are meh at best. So I don't know what she might have brought to that show or didn't bring to that show. Um, she, yeah, to be honest, she was just very mad. There was literally a moment in the show, the the performance that I saw, which was a press night, where she was supposed to laugh, and she literally said the words, ha-ha. She, it, like, she, she didn't laugh. She went, ha-ha. And uh, I, I just, I was, I was like, are you, are you tired? Ty- what? Um, she works it, hard it, for the money. I don't know if she did. I don't know. No, 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 no. I, I mean, no. I, I don't. I don't mean to talk shit about anyone, but I, I, I'm glad because I, I think she is super talented. I, I, I think she's amazing, and so yeah. I, I'm glad that she's getting a real shining yeah. turn in the Donna Donna Dama Donna 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 Donna. Donna I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a totally shining turn. Again, the production sure. and the material do fight her in that respect. Um, but I definitely went in expecting to adore LaShawn's and be like, okay, yeah, and Ariana DeBose. And, like, LaShawn's did fine. She is, unfortunately, saddled with all the narration. She, like, barely has any oh. scene where it's almost all narration from LaShawn's, which I'm like... That's uh, unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And the Ariana has most of the scene work and most of the songs. Uh, and mm-hmm. I know from uh, from a few people involved in it that they are trying to petition Ariana for featured actress in a musical. And they might get away with it but i don't know how anyone who can see that show can say she's a featured part she is as much a co-lead as Lashans. she's right. on stage just as much if not more right oh the politics which segues us to the emmy awards <laughs> Oh, is that is that we not a subject you we talk silly about? Silly goose, the Tony. Um, it's starting to be award season. Do you feel it? Do you smell the what is it? The Amy Poehler in her book calls awards. She calls it the pudding. Do you smell <gasps> the pudding? Have, did you feel read her book? Mind. Have you ever? I did. I read it a little while ago, but I I I did read it. Do you remember the whole section about the pudding? I don't. I remember her talking about, uh, for her category one year, them all going up onto the stage and like acting like it was a Miss America pageant. Yes. Yeah. She definitely covers that. But she has this really amazing 
way of describing what it is like to go through an experience of being nominated for a huge award like that because you you kind of start off thinking oh you know you kind of convince yourself for preservation's sake oh i'm not going to get even nominated i'm not going to happen i don't i don't want to get nominated you know who who cares i'm so happy with the work that i do and then she, the way that she puts it is she's like she she says and then all of a sudden someone hands you this bowl of pudding and you didn't really know that you were hungry for pudding or that you necessarily wanted pudding. But now that the pudding is in front of you, you can't stop thinking about wanting to eat the pudding. And you really want the pudding. So it's pudding season, y'all. The Tony. As we record this, the Outer Critic Circle nominations and the Drama Desk nominations have come out. Yes. And next Tuesday will be the Tony Award nominations. Honestly... The, the the hour is nigh. The mm-hmm. uh, is, is, that a, is that a word? The the we are we are getting close to. To I mean honestly, to the nominations will be here. Yes, the winter is coming. <gasps> My gosh, it is. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. I I I like that analogy. I rem- I actually now that you talk about, it, I do remember that part of her book. Um, where she talks about the pudding, yeah. and. <laughs> Oh my god! That's honestly how I kind of feel about awards. I don't think that in no way are awards the be all end all. You know, like no one looks back on who won the Tony Award for Best Musical in 1970 and go, "Oh yes, like clearly the best of the lot." And you know, because it won, it's you know, in, you know undisputed. That's the winner. Like you know, history right. has a way of of outing the true quality shows. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the show that wins, and sometimes it's the show that that doesn't. Uh, but they're still fun to go through. I like I like the whole hullabaloo. It's nice to bet on stuff and to make predictions and to sort of just watch the frenziness. And even if for quality's sake they don't mean a lot, they do help a lot of shows that sometimes are struggling to get more uh, exposure to the ticket-buying yes. public. Um, and most importantly, this year, the Big Pudding, the Tony Awards, are being hosted by Sarah Bareilles and Josh Groban. So... Excuse me, let me grab some popcorn my and my teenage ass hop onto a TV real quick and watch watch two of my idols. I mean Yeah. And Groban so Christ excited. Superstar, yeah. Oh, Groban. Josh Groban. Uh, he was uh, one of my first celebrity crushes. He was my first concert I ever went to. I went with one of my female high school friends and it was me and a bunch of women in their fifties. And this old woman who was sitting in front of me eventually turned around and goes Oh, do you want to borrow my binoculars so you could see him better? And I, I looked at her for a second, and I just said, "Yeah, a doy, a doy." So I borrowed a fifty-year-old woman's binoculars at a Josh Groban concert to ogle him. So uh, you know, normal things. You? Yeah, yeah. Those. That's honestly, that's so you that I have no, I have no retort. I just, I listened to that story and I went, "Yeah, that sounds yeah. like something that would happen yeah. to John." It's a V. It's a V. John Wascavage thing to be to do it's to a happen. Deep V. Absolutely. Deep. V. <laughs> deep. Um, yeah. I mean, I now that I've seen a lot more of the stuff this season, and you have mm-hmm. seen uh, quite a few things as well. I also, I don't know. I I like to look at trends with the Tony Awards. I like to I like to see sort of where their tastes lean to. Uh, what you know what what's happened in the past the tony awards are a weird beast because Mm. with the oscars we have the golden globes and we have the sag awards and and the critics choice and those are all 
uh, related precursors to Oscar nominations because they're all sort of in a similar voting pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, and same with the Emmys. The Tonys, the two precursor awards, the Autocritic Circle and the Drama Desk, are 100% different nominating and voting pools than the Tony Awards. So there are years where uh, people who have won a Tony Award weren't even nominated earlier that year for either award. Right. Um, yeah, I was actually just telling John, their last, uh, not last year, uh, three years ago, was very famous because Kelly O'Hara was not nominated for The King and I at the Drama Desk Awards and then went on to win the Tony Award later right. that year. Um, and like Kinky Boots, uh, two years before that, wasn't nominated for Best Musical at the Drama Desk Awards and went on to win Best Musical. So like, it's all suggestive. It is, and I remember last subjective. year. Subjective. Like, oh my god! I was like, "That's not the right word." <laughs> you said, wait, "Did you say suggestive originally?" I did say suggestive. I was like, "Oh, I, oh my gosh, John, have another sip of coffee, you dumb bitch." It's okay, John. You're really skinny. Oh, Don't suggest- worry about it. I am. Thank you so much for noticing. <laughs> I've been. Uh, yeah. It's what I'm here for, baby. I'm here to support you and your skinniness. Yeah, I yeah. looked in the mirror earlier this week and I was like, oh my gosh, is that Skeletor? No, it's me, bitches. Um, <laughs> Who needs to know words when you're that skinny? Seriously. I just, uh, I people look at me and they, th- they think it's a miracle that I can even produce enough energy to breathe. So mm. if words come out, it's even more impressive, even if, even if the words are nonsensical, which is how Absolutely. I've made a living. It is. It's how we both make living. Truth. How we both make a living. Yes, gross. Um, anywho, uh, I would love to get your take, Mister John, and uh, I'll give mine as well. I want I want to do some uh, predictions for Tuesday, and then we'll and then we'll uh, the next episode we'll see how well we did. Yeah, I've been scanning over the, the Drama Desk Award nominations, and it's really interesting. You know, it's always so fun. I think that the Drama Desks are there. And that they celebrate Off-Broadway as well. Because there are so many cool performances that are being celebrated that and the Tonys just gets looked over. Um, and it's really cool, too. Ashley Park is nominated for two awards for the Drama Desk. I mean, she's nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. So, you know, how cool would that be? Or how cool is that just period? You know? Um, cool. And so, yeah, I... I nowhere have seen, actually, especially now looking at this list of nominations, have seen as many Broadway shows this season because of, uh, you know, where I've been um, as, as you. And so I, 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 a lot of these guesses are just kind of based off of, off of hearsay, but it, it kind of seems like, I mean, I, I, I would say, I guess, nominations for Best Musical are probably going to go to... I mean, I mean, revival is easy because revivals. What? There's only three: Carousel, My Fair Lady, and Once on This Island. Yes, um, but uh, you know that the way that it works is when it's three contenders, they, they only uh, pick two. it's technically two slots, and the th- and there would be a third if I think it's like three votes or fewer. Yeah, for yeah. the for the second spot. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it will. It will be very interesting to see. Um, I haven't heard much about the My Fair Lady revival because it just started previews last week. Um, they opened last week. Oh, they opened last week. Oh, I was way off. Way um, off. Yeah, no, today I think is the last show of the season to open, which is I Spend Cometh. And by today, correct. I mean this Thursday, April 26th. Yes. Um, so, 
yeah so it, it's interesting but it kind of seems like i guess for um the the, the two main contenders if you go off the drama desks for best musical for the tony Award nomination are going to be spongebob and mean girls um but uh, what else do you think is going to be thrown in the mix there well, it's normally it's, four, right? Or it could it's it four. Could... Yeah, it'll it'll be four this year. The not frustrating, but the the um, I don't know. I can't think of words now. Uh, the you're thing welcome. That, <laughs> it's it's you're contagious, John, in more than one way. I am. Go to a clinic. <laughs> the uh, get tested. The, band, <laughs> the band's visit isn't mm. eligible for drama desks or out of critic circle awards because it opened last year off Broadway and it was eligible right. for those awards. Of course, how could I forget about that little gem? That right? without and, a doubt, I think that'll be nominated. Oh yeah, I mean, I would, I would honestly uh, stake my claim into saying that the band's visit has musical score and book pretty much locked pretty up. Pretty locked in. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Um, I would say Tina Fey poses a slight threat to book for in book. terms of winning. The yeah, Tony I, Award for, I've for heard her book is really fantastic for it. Um, it's good. It's a good book. I would not. I would not go so far as to say it's fantastic. I mm. think that, um, it's it's that thing where they in trying to cover certain plot holes of the movie, they've thus created more plot holes more in the plot show. Holes. Oh, that yeah. always drives me cuckoo bananas. I know, right? I'm like, just I don't know. It's plot holes are always going to exist. Don't try to like constantly cover they, your tracks. You're gonna they yeah. multiply. Yeah, they do. Like plot holes just exist because in life there are plot holes. To be honest, yeah. it's like we 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 crave an explanation for everything, mm-hmm. and especially in our TV shows because it's something that we feel we can control. But you just can't. There's just going to be plot holes, you guys. It just happens. Yeah. Just deal with it. Calm people the f- down, God. everyone. Deal with Jesus. fucking plot holes, y'all. Um, but no, the, the, her book is good, and it's probably the best thing about the show, other than the performances. Um, mm. I think it's the fact that it is a pretty strong book, plus the fact that it is Tina Fey, right? That will pose a threat. But I, I still would put my money on Band's Visit for musical score, score and book. Um, yes. Yes. The, uh, what was interesting to read about the Drama Desk Awards for me uh, was a couple of things. Was uh, Carousel coming in hot with like a Very gazillion hot. nominations. Yeah. yeah. Especially um, after, you know, last episode we discussed <laughs> you being one of the, I mean, you are without a doubt my most Carousel obsessed friend in, in an mm-hmm. impressive way. That is not a read at all. That is yeah. a, um, not in a like hide your kids, hide your wife kind of way, but in a like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, completely. So I was, I was very shocked to see them leading the drama um, desk nominations and once on this island, kind of getting a the little. Shaft of it. Yeah, I think they totally got the shaft. I've been surprised. Once on this island has sort of gotten in the shafts in different categories for both the Auto Critic Circle and the Drama Desk. So like, it got a bunch of technical stuff for the Drama Desk that it did not get at the Auto Critic Circle. But like, like I'm sorry, I don't care. If you enjoyed Carousel or not, if you saw Carousel and you saw Once on This Island, there is not a world in which you would go, let's nominate Jack O'Brien over Michael Arden. I just yes. don't see how that, I don't see how that world works. But yeah. that's just me. Um, the way I look at it, honestly, I, and this is, and this is my personal thoughts on the show aside, I see Carousel with the Drama Desk Awards having a similar trajectory to Anastasia last year. 
Um, oh. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Wow. For those of you who don't remember. I about Anastasia. Yeah. Anastasia is a, it's a textbook example of how the drama desk are not a precursor to the Tonys because Anastasia led with like 10 nominations last year and right. then come Tony Awards, like two. Um, yeah. And not like, but and really. in the exact reverse, Groundhog Day got like one nomination at the Drama Desk, and then got seven at the Tony Awards. Right. So I mean, they're different voting pools. Different things are eligible. Uh, certain people are in different categories at the Drama Desks than they are at the Tony Awards. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's yeah. It's mm-hmm. I mean, it's also just kind of sad already talking about shows from last season and thinking oh yeah that's closed (laughs) that's closed yeah no more great comment no more groundhog day oh i know but that's also the nature of broadway you know like i i'm always sad when a show that i like closes but i'm always excited about what could possibly come in after it um because you know if everything stays open we're gonna have to just keep building more and more theaters because otherwise nothing new happens we don't we don't progress right yeah but that, but that's just me. It is just you. You're all alone in those thoughts. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow color. You're the top. Um, did you see that article that was about uh, what was it? The title was kind of scathing in some ways. It was like, oh, it was yeah. Broadway's pandering to out of town audiences has backfired immensely. This yeah, season. I yeah I did see that. Um. Yeah, the article, for those of you who didn't read it, and I am almost 100% sure anyone who's listening to this podcast has read it. Uh, yeah, this the new theater columnist for the New York Post wrote this really scathing article about all the new stuff coming in this year and next year as well. That is yeah. very safe, pandering, you know, no craft whatsoever. Uh, he's saying what we're all thinking, to be honest, you know? Yeah. It's... I mean, he's, yeah, he, I wouldn't say he's wrong. Uh, no, but I think that also kind of, and he acknowledges that there was some really great stuff in the last three years, and those are the st- things that have really taken off. Um, so I think what I think his intention for the article was to remind producers and creatives that you don't have to do a cartoon movie or TV show or you know, uh, another jukebox musical to make a dollar, right. Like, think of all the revenue that Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen have taken in. And those are so different and new and not based off of uh, a blockbuster film or a right. previous song catalog. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there's room for all kinds of shows on the Broadway. I think we had the misfortune of having yes, three really... Yeah, I think we had really, three really great seasons where... You know, all four best musical nominees and the play nominees were all just very different and interesting yeah. and new. And then this season, unfortunately, there it has just been lackluster. Um, yeah, it's been Disney. It has been Disney, and there's been like some bright spots. Band's Visit, I think, is a really lovely musical. Um, I've been told that Harry Potter, even you know, special effects aside, is a very wonderful experience. Yeah, and and again, Three Tall Women and Angels in America. We've got two plays that are really you know nailing it and once on this island is great and i've heard fantastic things about my fair lady so like there are things there are things this season but it's not after three years of being spoiled by you know the new works this year is just a letdown yeah i agree which Um, brings us back to the tony awards right i think well now that now that we've put number a number three in the best musical category 
uh, with Ben's visit, I'm. What do you think is going to go to the fourth? I have a guess that's just off of the top of my head. Um, or I, I'm intrigued to see if it's the same. What do you think it's going to be? So we said Mean Girls, Ben's visit, and SpongeBob. For a while, I was going to say Frozen, but mm-hmm. due to like the uh, uh, recent attention it's been getting, and I know I, I'm saying this off the heels of saying that uh, drama desks and outer critic circle words don't mean anything, I would not be surprised if Prince of Broadway ends up replacing Frozen for the fourth musical nomination. You really think so? I'm not saying that it... I, I'm not saying that I that it will. That's not my final prediction. I Frozen is still my fourth prediction. But I'm mm. saying there is a I see an alternate reality where that happens and I would not necessarily be floored. Mm. Nah. Yeah. I I I kind of see that I completely am of the school that I I think it's probably going to be Frozen. I I do mm. just because of a couple factors, but it is really interesting to see to once again be looking at this drama desk nominations and see Frozen getting what two, two three nominations, two nominations? Not, not yeah, it's hold on, it they, was yeah, they got, somewhere. they got the shafts definitely. Yeah, two nominations. Um, yeah, for outstanding puppet design and best featured actor in a musical. Um, or outstanding featured actor in a musical. No, he uh, or no, lead actor. Lead actor, actor. lead actor. And to be honest, I I was not. I one would not consider him his role a lead. No, he's he I, actually been deemed featured by the Tony Awards, which is another reason why it all just like is makes no sense. Yeah, I, I would not call that. I would not call um, Jelani, uh, who's playing um. Oh God! I literally get everyone's Christoph. name in Frozen. Kristoff. 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 Ha- for half the show, I thought his name was Sven, and someone, <laughs> you know, finally, I thought, oh yeah, that's that's the the, the moose elk thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm. I, it was a bizarre, very interesting, weird. Yeah. All I words also... also describe me. <laughs> <laughs> All things that I've described you, I'm gonna put it yeah. in your. Uh, uh, My lexicon. Obituary. Oh, no, your obituary. Sure. <laughs> Okay, that sure, too. I'm dying. Yeah, there we go. Um, I'm going to give you a no guts, no glory prediction. Stephen Hoggett, brilliant Stephen Hoggett. I think that's how I pronounce his name. He did Once sure with John Tiffany. Is. He oh, did yeah, yeah, American yeah. Idiot. Yeah, the choreographer. He's done the movement work on Harry Potter, and he is considered eligible for choreography as well. And, and I've heard that that choreography is just... Insane. Ma- for lack of a better word, Magical. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, I've heard exactly the same. I'll give you a more detailed account after tonight and then again tomorrow night. But, I mean, I loved his work in the past to begin with. And from what I understand, yeah. a lot of the big effects in the show are movement-based. They are There's, like, not wires or any kind right. of trick. It's just how the actors move with the scenery. Yeah. And I am fully convinced that he will get a nomination in Best Choreography alongside Justin Peck for Carousel, Camille Brown for Once on This Island, and then I would probably say Casey Nicola for Mean Girls, and then the fifth spot, I would either say Christopher, I would say Christopher Catelli for either SpongeBob or My Fair Lady, depending on where the Tonys lean to. Yeah, I also see a world depending on what they decide. Taylor Lauterman goes in. Taylor Lauterman could either go into featured or leading, uh, the way that the show is written. 
Yeah, interesting. I. Yeah, I, very interesting. I could yeah. I could see that as well. Um, yeah. I'm, who who do you th- who do you think your other uh, best female actresses are going to be? Or, uh, well, we all know. know Katrina Lenk is. You know, she's up there. Oh, oh yes. I mean, honestly, I think this could be her year. It, I thought that. Um, and I I can't say for certain until I see My Fair Lady in June. I'm seeing it literally the night before the Tony Awards. Mm. I will say, um, My Fair Lady opened last week, and some of the reviews that Lauren Ambrose got, like, you could kill yourself the next day and be satisfied. Like, she, she got the kind of reviews that you just, you can't buy. They were so... Mm. Like more than one critic said that like George Bernard Shaw would have bowed down to her after her performance. Well, to which I, that is language that is hyperbolish, but isn't it? Well, well, I mean, I love that word. Hyperbolish. Just made it up. Words, words, words. You you do not know words, but I don't. Yeah, you know, that said, her reviews have been absolutely incredible, and I think I do still predict that it's Katrina Lang's year. I see I think a. So too. But I think Lauren Ambrose still poses a threat, not, not and a she, fatal threat, but a threat and she is and she is more of a name, and we've seen multiple times in the past that um, a lot, you know, I, I the Broadway community is not without fault in no, um, in oh what, what rewarding names. Um, yeah, well, basically, yeah. I mean, in in really feeding into the idea of you know this person's more famous and so they're better, you know that that awful kind of old way of thinking. Yeah. Um, the way I always saw, but it- if she is super, I mean, I'm sure she's super talented. If these reviews are true, then there's also a world where you know many people have completely deserved their awards. I, I don't, yeah. you know, from what I've heard from Neil Patrick Neil Patrick Harris's performance in. Um, Hedvig, I heard that, you know, he was amazing in it, just completely like jaw dropping. So, you know, he was, he was great and definitely deserved it. Uh, I would say every time I see a celebrity win a Tony award and I mean, when I say celebrity, I don't mean a Neil Patrick Harris. I literally mean someone who like does not do theater very often. Um, like, like a Catherine Zeta Jones or a, um, and again, not to like throw shade, just this that kind of situation where someone deigns Broadway with their presence and the Tony Awards award them, it's almost yeah. their way of being like, we would like you to come back and do Broadway again, so right. we're going to treat you really well right now. Um, right. And you know, sometimes they do. I, I have mad respect for Daniel Radcliffe, who has been on Broadway three times and has still yet to be Tony nominated for, you know, one performance oh, that I saw that I... Yeah. I thought I he should have been nominated for Cripple of Inishman when I saw it, but... Yeah, I heard he was I, fantastic. I, he was. And I give him credit. Each time... You know, he came out, didn't get nominated. He came back to do Broadway again, and I don't think it's for the glory. I think he just really no, enjoys it. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow color. You're the top. Something that I saw in my obsessive research of past nominees, because every Tony season I get very in-depth and creative, and I I look back into the history of things, and I realized... You that, obsessive? I don't, I don't oh. know what you're talking about, John. Stop it. I don't, I don't, I am on the surface with everything. I am a surface level queen. That's, everyone knows yeah. that about me. Oh, Ask yeah. all five therapists I've ever had. Um, <laughs> They're but, dead now. Uh, but uh, I did realize in the last 10 years, we uh, the majority of best leading actress and musical winners have been in revivals. Um, 
it's usually so interesting. Yeah, it's usually like every couple of years. So like last year we had Bette Midler, then we had Cynthia Revo, Kelly O'Hara, Jesse Mueller was obviously an original for Beautiful, but then once again Bettina Miller, Sutton Foster, Catherine Zeta Jones. Um, Jeez. Yeah, like it's it's so maybe this will be Katrina Lang's year to you know break the trend with an original one, or Lauren Ambrose can keep the trend going. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, it kind of it kind of makes sense. In, I don't know. I mean, not even sense, but in a weird way that it does seem almost correct because it. I think sometimes it's hard to realize what you have special and something that's completely new that you've never seen someone do before. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a revival, these women have taken these roles. Um, that we know and have put their spin on it that are just, it's so refreshing and amazing and lovely. And so it, it, it in a way, it kind of makes sense that a lot of them have been revivals. But at the same time, um, I think that says a lot about how our brains work in a subjective, I use the right word there, yes, manner. Yeah. Because I think it's easier for us to for lack of a better term, judge something when we have um, a precedent set. Whereas when it's someone completely or or someone doing something completely original or new, you may think, oh, I love this and this is great. This is amazing. But you don't, sometimes it's hard to realize the depth or the gravity of how much someone has created of a role from scratch. You know, does that make sense? Yes. And... I want to applaud you for using all the right words. (laughs) I'm growing, mother. Mm -hmm. Um, No, that that makes complete sense. And yeah, you're right. It it is easier to see the work that someone's done when there is, as you said, when there is a precedent set for that role, and you can say, "Here's the new elements that they brought to it." Right. Yeah. Here's here's their brilliant spin. But also, I will say. In my experience, not to shame anyone or or lessen their performance or their talent at all, but as someone who's done a fair amount of new musicals, who just finished a new a brand new musical and now is working on a show that's been around for twenty years, it is interesting because you um yeah, there's almost a level of pressure that's taken off because you already know what kind of has already been done. You're like, oh, well, I'm just going to do it this way. Whereas when the whole world of possibilities in front of you for a complete brand new work, you might be like, um, cool. Well, I have about a thousand options. So I'll try to whittle that down to one choice and make that, you know, in like any given moment. So it's interesting, you know, um, both, both definitely have their, their obstacles with taking something that's already been done before, especially if it was done, you know, very iconically beforehand. Right. You have to find a way to approach it your own way that still is true to the material and doesn't make anyone go, oh, well, so-and-so did it better beforehand. Right. Yeah. Right. Basically, as an actor, you just can't win unless you do win, unless you do win a Tony Award. You can't win unless you win. Right. You can't win unless you win. That's, kids, that is a good lesson for life. Mm. You can never win. I'm going to stitch that on a pillow. You can't win unless you, know? you win. Yeah, um, truly, <laughs> truly scrumptious. Dumb. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So the, I would say I'm gonna. So let's in the in our last couple of minutes of this episode, John. Let's let's carve out the rest, a couple more categories, make some final predictions, and then we'll see where we're at next week. So we said musical, 
uh bands visit spongebob mean girls frozen uh yeah possibly frozen or or, i mean i'm intrigued by your idea of prince of broadway but i i'm i'm not exactly sure yeah i don't truly think it'll happen i it's just like i know it's like a sneaking suspicion especially because it's closed already and a lot of the that that tends to sometimes dampen a show's Mm-hmm. chances if that makes sense yeah uh leading actress in a musical i will say katrina lank lauren ambrose Haley kilgore 100 percent locks the three of them then i'm gonna go on a limb and say patty murin for frozen I, and- I i hope so too i was honestly really shocked that both she and Haley were not nominated at yeah all. that was i was very shocked yeah that that was uh a faux pas on their part in my in yeah, my personal I think opinion so as well i think so as well yeah i will also now go on a limb and say should Taylor Louderman get put in leading, I think she will get the fifth nomination over both LaShawns and Jesse Mueller. No guts, mm. no glory. No guts, no glory. Um, Interesting. I, I can't rightfully say if that's who I would personally pick, but that's how sure. I predict it happening. Um, sure. Yes. How, uh, finagle your fifth one, if you would like, please. No, I, I, I honestly, because of the the limited amount of shows that I've seen, most of the nominees that you've mentioned are, are in the shows that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I, I, I mean, who else? Yeah, we have who there's else LaShawns, the Jesse options? Mueller. There's the other girl in Mean Girls, Erica Henningsen, who plays Katie, who is lovely, but this, they do not give her the best material. Um, yeah. That, um, which I, is I honestly, show. I honestly feel like your predictions are pretty solid with that, pretty spot on. Well, thank you. Um, I've already said that I think Curse Childs will get a best score nomination over Mean Girls. Uh, yeah, w- which I am very interested to see if that actually does happen. But that is my no guts, no glory prediction on that front. Um, yeah, I think best book will mirror the best musical nominees. Um, and then, what are some other major ones we can? Uh, hash out for a quick second i mean i mean best play best um oh yeah yeah those I'm, those pesky plays yeah best play feature or like be, a leading actor in a musical um you know uh i'm trying to even think of some of the the plays that i've seen this year or what i've seen um yeah. i mean i think i think curse child will get nominated yes um I would say that... I think Angels will get nominated, obviously, for Revival, without mm-hmm. a doubt. I, I I see a world in which uh, Three Tall Women, Cursed Child, and Angels in America dominate the nominations. And not only that, among the three of them will most likely take up all the acting awards, too. Hmm. What are the big new plays, though, this season? It's really just Cursed Child. Uh, I, was, I looked at Drama Desk and Outer Critic Circle just to sort of remind myself... Uh, but it was mostly off-Broadway plays in those yeah, categories. Yeah, but there's there's also Junk, which was at Lincoln Center, which I think will get nominated, uh, just because again oh, it's, it was such a light year. I keep thinking that it was that that was last year because Junk and Sweat for some reason. Ew, go hand in hand of my brain. They're oh, they're one word, they're one word title plays in about things. Yeah, you know they're exactly. the same thing. Um, yeah, the other ones was Farinelli and the King. Which I just I didn't oh, see, but I knew that was Mark I heard, Rylance. I heard pretty good things about it, yeah. like weird things, but yeah. And it's Mark British, Rylance, so I'm sure it'll so. get nominated. Um, right. The fourth one, oh, the children, which I didn't see as well, but I was told that it's a British import and it was people fighting in the living room. It'll most likely get nominated. Yeah, that sounds like a nomination to me. <laughs> living rooms <laughs> sold. Living room, sign me up. Uh, there we go. Then. 
so oh ooh, featured actor in a play this is where it's actually gonna be tricky because angels has four possible contenders and i'm very right. interested to see if any of them cancel each other out come nomination time. or if or if they all get nominated honestly oh right that, <laughs> I mean, like what what fun would that be that would be four an- actors from angels and then uh the actor from harry potter anthony boyle i think is his name oh is he the one who plays um i've heard the one who plays lucius's uh Draco's son, yeah. Draco's son, sorry. Who plays, uh, yeah, Draco's son is amazing. I've heard that he is. um, Yeah, I've I've heard he's actually a main contender for the whole season. As as have I. And I I definitely think that he's a lock for nomination, as is Nathan Lane. Everything else is how many other actors from Angels will get nominated, who else from Cursed Child will get nominated. Uh, I understand that there are one or two people in Iceman Cometh and Travesties who are also very Mm. good. So it could either be super dominated by angels or it could be mixed around. I, at the moment I would say Nathan Lane is the only lock and featured actor for angels. Oh yeah. I think, I think New York would just spontaneously combust if he did not get a nomination for angels in America. I mean, it helps that he's fantastic in it, but yes, it's that it's right. The lineup of it all is just like, it's just too, it checks off way too many boxes. Right, exactly. Yeah, and same. I mean, I literally have heard nothing but mind-blowingly raving reviews of him in the show. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm... exactly checks off a lot of boxes. Exactly, and then I think Laurie Metcalf and Allison Pill are both pretty safe for featured actress in a play. I think that mm-hmm. they, I think that they will, unless I don't know if they've decided yet with Laurie Metcalf if she's going into leading or into featured. I don't know if that's been determined yet. I I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, if they um, if they announce that yet or or what? Because right, or maybe they haven't ruled. She will get nominated either way because she's Laurie fucking Metcalf, right? But yes, right. But if she's in featured, I think the two of them are a safe bet. Denise Go Goth Cuff. I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Harper Harper and Angels. I think she'll be nominated. Yeah. And then honestly, the other two spots are kind of up for grabs in my. Uh, oh no, Hermione, Hermione and Cursed Child, and then oh yes, yeah. I've heard amazing things from her as well. As of I, I think the fifth spot will be up for grabs for that one. So I am interested to see who that chick is. It's me, surprise, <laughs> surprise, guys. John's been in a travesties this entire time. I have. Uh, no one, none of our listeners would know. I don't know if any of them have seen travesties. I, I know I haven't. <laughs> Tom Stoppard, anybody? Tom Stoppard. No, he doesn't write anything no. that requires high belting. So why would we go see it? Yeah, null and void. Uh-uh, null and void. No mini skirts, no high belting. Go see Mean Girls. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I will also say in Mean Girls, they those girls sing so high that I I wanted to applaud them just for like making it to the theater that day i was like how do you <laughs> know that you're gonna have to sing because the way that the songs work they're just not being a small pool of blood constantly on the stage Literally. from like bleeding vocal folds well and especially because the songs don't build to those high notes it's sort of like jeff richmond's like yeah you're gonna like stay in your in your lower region for three verses and then the final verse will just go up the octave and i'm like oh, how no do you, like how do you walk into the theater each day knowing you're gonna have to do that and not go i need a, a xanax right oh god um, training so important. <laughs> Half of them went to Michigan, so just go to Michigan, kids. Training, just go to Michigan. Mm-hmm. This episode Tony's. is sponsored by University of Michigan. Yes, and Squatty go Potty. Blue. Go blue, Casper <laughs> mattress. Go blue, Squatty Potty. Go Squatty Potty. Um, all right. So those are <laughs> some major no guts, no glory predictions we've made. 
Thank you, everyone. It'll be for... very interesting to see how the how the cookie crumbles. I know we're gonna we're gonna come back in a week or so and uh, see how well we did. See how wrong or right we were. What just happened to my voice? What is going? Just... Oh no! I went through third puberty there because I've already been through two. Um, <laughs> yes, John goes through puberty every five years. Every five years, honestly. It's like the Loch Ness monster. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, and me, bitch. Yes. Have we Loch learned Ness nothing? Monster. No, of course I haven't. Oh, All right. Well, this I... has been super informative. I'm very excited to see how this is going to go. Yes. I'm I excited. trust your opinion more than I trust my own. So as well, you should. Don't don't lead me astray. I shan't. Or else. I don't want to say my opinion. My opinions are better than other people's. So I'm going to let well, you say yeah. that. So we'll see. Yeah, let's, I think before we go into another tangent, we'll, we'll, we'll close ourselves like, out. Nip this in the butt. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Uh, dip in the butt. So everyone, for those of you who are still listening, I am Matt Koplick. I am John Wascavage. And this is Sutton Foster closing us out this week. She's waiting. Have we not had Sutton? No, she keeps Oh, no, because we, we pushed her back that one, that those weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's Every- do her. Let's let's finally do Sutton. Yeah, let's mm. do Sutton in the butt. No. <laughs> Come on. She's going to do me in the butt. She's such a top. She is. She honestly is a power top. It's. it's she is. Yeah. Yeah. You know that that woman is like a dominant. Hell's Kitchen beware. That's how that's how she found her pinginess in uh, Gimme Gimme. Yeah, she she fucked someone up the bat. Yeah. All right. So on that note, because um, that song's all about power bottoming. Anywho, it is. that said, it is. I am Matt. I'm John, and Fly Dove sing Sparrow. Gimme pepper, gimme barrel in the butt. And this has been Broadway Breakdown. <laughs> we'll see you next week after the Tony. Hopefully, Hopefully. <laughs> after God. that ending. No, okay. One will be dead. Bye. 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 <laughs>
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.